Welcome to another message from God's Word. We're talking about dreams, visions, visitations, and prophecy, revelation, special revelations and special uh, uh, interpretation of the dreams. And we're in the book of we're in the book of Exodus right now, and we're going to talk a little bit about Moses, Moshe. Moses' mother was Jochebed. Now, and her, her, his father was Amram. Jochebed was, his, was, uh, jo- uh, was Amram's great aunt. She was probably, when she had Moses, she was a hundred and probably between 130 and 40 years old. She was 128 when she got married. Now, God is, it can intercede and bring forth special births by people that are preordained to come into being. And Moses is one of those people. We know in the last uh, chapter of the book of Genesis, uh, Joseph told his people, when I die, put me in a coffin, don't leave me in Egypt, you're going to take me back to the promised land. Now here we are, Almost 400 years later. 400 years. People, how many people live, how many people are born and die in 400 years? A lot of people. And 400 years is nothing for for God to look ahead. 4,000 years is nothing for God to look ahead. 6,000 years is nothing for God to look ahead when we're talking about real dreams and visitations and hypnosis. When God hypnotizes somebody, when he brings them into another state, he hypnotized John and took him several thousand years ahead. He saw what was going to happen several thousand years ahead. Now God lives in eternity. Now this, imagine this. God lives in eternity. Here's eternity past. Here's eternity future. And here's God up here, okay? Now, to God, eternity to eternity, He exists. He inhabits eternity. Okay? He inhabits it. And He can look down and see when this is going to take place and when this is going to take place over here. And He can just go right down through there and call the shots as they shall be. Now, here we are. God told Abraham, that I'm going to take your descendants, and they're going to go down into Egypt, and they're going to be there for a long time, but they're going to and they're going to be abused. He told us way back over here. Here is the promise. Here's the Egyptian bondage over here, several hundred years later, and the Egyptian bondage lasted 400 years. So God looks over here, and not only did He tell that, He told Noah over here. And over here, what was going to happen? He told Noah over here that the Jews would be set aside for a while and that he will call the Gentiles in. And that's happening during the church age. God just pulled it. You could just see the strings tied. The way God looks ahead and behind. And he uses men. Now, God gives every man, every angel, everyone has volition. Volition means you have a will. 
But God, looking through people, down through time, sees their wills. Sometimes God will call you to do something that you don't want to do. But he will give you the strength to do it. He'll give you the strength to do it. Now here we have a man. Israel has been in, uh, in Egypt for pretty much 400 years. And a different type of Pharaoh, a different kind of king comes into the land. The other one was called the shepherd kings, which were related to Abraham and the Moses. But now we have a different hierarchy, a different people. And these people did not know Joseph, it says. And so they began to look at the Jews, and the Jews are, these Hebrews are just multiplying by the millions in the land. In 400 years, they're having babies like boom, 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 like that. And it says here in the first chapter in verse number 18 that Pharaoh imposed hard labor on them. And I, and I want to tell you this also. There was one tribe in Israel that was not imposed uh, what we call manual labor. And that's the tribe of Levi. All right, the tribe of Levi. The tribe of Levi were gold and silversmiths. And so the tribe of Levi were the ones that built all of those beautiful tombs and things, all of that finery and the golden vessels and silver vessels and all of that. These were the Levites that were doing that. So they weren't out there making bricks and building big buildings or anything else. The Levites were there, goldsmiths, even though they worked hard too as goldsmiths. Because any type of labor like that is, is uh, very rigorous. Uh, Bob, you do a lot of electronics, fine electronics work. That is work, isn't it? You sit there over the bench and you do this, you solder, you design little circuits, you do all that, and that's work. Well, that's like the, the Levites. They were doing different types. They were artists. They were artisans. Now, <clears throat> Pharaoh decided, I'm going to cut back on this Hebrew population, so I'm going to kill... I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to have the Hebrew mothers and fathers, when they have a, a son born, they're going to have to expose him. Now, how they would expose him, and I'm sure that many Hebrew people did this. I mean, there were may, maybe hundreds of them having children. They would take their little child, and if they had a Hebrew boy, they would have to take that little Hebrew boy and put him in the Nile River. And what's in the Nile River? Large fish and crocodiles and things like that. And so they would put the child in the river that they'd probably build him a little basket and put him in a little basket and send him down the river and just pray that God would take care of him pretty soon something go like that. Marilyn and I were out at Lake uh, Buena Vista one day. We fished out there in the boat a lot. We went out there and one day I looked over there and I saw this five-pound trout coming up. It looked like he's five pound trout coming up out of the water like that. And all of a sudden, just right after that, was about a 60 pound bass coming after him and he swallowed that five pound trout like it was a mosquito. Remember that, Marilyn? When that happened? I mean, one came out of the water and then that great big mouth comes out and that big behemoth come out of that. Big leviathan came out of there and swallowed that big trout. Well, God is, uh, 
is going to take care of one of those Hebrew boys. And in the second chapter, we have a Jochebed and Amram. Both of them are from the tribe of Levi, by the way. They're both goldsmiths from family of goldsmiths. Now, these are the goldsmiths. These are the artisans. And it said, And the woman conceived. Now, she had had already two children. She had Aaron and she had Miriam. So now this is the third child. Three is the Trinity in it, the triune God, three. God does everything in threes. Well, this third child was going to be a special child. He's going to be one that is ordained of God to do a job. He doesn't know it either. And the woman conceived and bore a son, and when she, had, when she saw that he was beautiful, and she hid him for three months. So he's three months old now. He's been nursing his mother for three months. They're, they're hushing him down. And uh, they had to keep him quiet. Among the American Indians, they when the, the, it, American Indians were a people that were constantly attacked, especially you know by the Anglo-Saxons came here and then other yeah. tribes. They would set he set the Indians pretty much got along. They had treaties, but they uh, they were in constant fear of of uh, of being attacked, and the. Indian women hushed their children. And they taught the little children when the mother put the mouth over the baby, the baby wasn't supposed to cry. You couldn't cry. And so I imagine this little boy had been taught not to cry. And he's been kept silent for three months, and then all of a sudden they build a wicker basket again out of reeds, and they put him, they line it up real good and so it would be waterproof. And they go out there and they're praying to God and they set the little baby in the Nile River like all the other mothers had except God is going to use this special little elected child. Now Moses was found. And Moses, by the way, Moses had a lot of names. A lot of names. His mother gave him a name, his father gave him a name, his brother gave him a name, his sisters gave him a name, his grandmother and grandfather gave him a name. So he's got a whole lot of names. But the one that's going to stick now is Moshe. Can you say Moshe? Moshe. Moshe means to rescue. All right. And the woman had a child. And... Uh, they sent the baby down the river. And the daughter came of Pharaoh came out to bathe in the Nile River. And they used to bathe in the Nile River. They thought that they were uh, rejuvenated, that the, the, the Egyptians were very clean, very clean. They shaved themselves. They cut their hair all the time. They bathed themselves. They would take all the hair off their body. They'd pull it out or, or, or whatever. They couldn't stand hair on their bodies, and, and they were very clean people. Yes, Bob? Uh, Moses was the one who uh, came out with the uh, uh, from Israel. He was the leader of the Exodus. Out and of Egypt. He took them back. Yeah. So after 400 yeah, he, years. he took them. Now here we are, over here. Here's Abraham over here. Here's Noah back over here. Here's a division of the earth right here. Now the earth has been divided. Continents have been created. 
And we have Abraham called out. And, and, and then, hundreds of years later, Jacob goes down into Egypt with all of his children because Joseph was sold into the Egyptian bondage. And they're in bondage for 400 years. And so, it says here that God is preparing a Savior. Now, Moses was the Savior of the Egyptian pe- of the yes. Hebrew people. He's a type of Jesus in many ways. Joseph was a type of Jesus in many ways. Moses was a type of Jesus in many ways. Now, let's go down a little bit further. We're talking about now we got all these pyramids in Egypt. We got all these pharaohs and everything that have been there to go back for hundreds and hundreds of years. And then we have Moses. About 1500 and something BC. Okay? This is about 1500 years before Christ. Okay? And he's, uh, he's been exposed to the river. Moses' family puts him in the river. And they just pray that some Leviathan is not going to come from the deep or some wild animal grab him from the side. Uh, uh, there's jackals down there. There's lions. There's all kinds of animals, wild animals down there that could be, eat that little child. It says here, And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe in the Nile River and her maidens alongside her and the Nile. And she saw a basket in the reeds and sent her maid and she brought it to her. floating there. And she opened up the basket and she saw a child and behold, the boy started crying. And she had pity on him. Now God worked with her heart. She had pity on him and said, this is, this is one of the Hebrew children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? And this is Miriam now. Now, Pharaoh wants all these Hebrew boys killed so they can't multiply. And now Moses is born. They expose him out into the Nile River. And Moses wants to kill all these kids. And now God is going to cause Pharaoh to raise his Messiah. Pharaoh is going to pay to have this child raised. And Pharaoh's daughter said, Go ahead. So the girl went and brought the child's mother, which is Jochebed. And she's an old woman. That's a miracle in itself. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I shall give to you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him, and Pharaoh paid for the nursing of this one that was going to rescue Israel. And the child grew up, and they brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became a son, and she named him Moshe. Moshe means to rescue. And said, because I drew him out of the water. Now, how many of you have seen the movie uh, The Exodus? With uh, Cecil B. of DeMille and all that. And they have all this going, and Moses doesn't know who he is. I can guarantee you Moses knew his mother and father, and he knew his brother and sister. Because they raised him up until probably he stayed in his mother and father's home probably until he was 10 years old. Hmm. Now it came about in those days when Moses had grown up that he, that he went out to, to his brethren. He knew who his people were. And he looked on, on their hard labors and he saw the Egyptian beating a Hebrew 
one of his own family. And so he looked this way and he looked that way and he saw that there was nobody around. So Moses, Moses born in Egypt then. He's born in Egypt, yes. Egypt, yeah. Of the tribe of Levi. Mm-hmm. He's got Aaron, his, his brother, and Miriam, his sisters, are older than he is. His mother and father are cousins to each other. They, they're all cousins. They're brothers and sisters and cousins. Mm-hmm. Because his, his father married his aunt. And so here we have this, uh, uh, these Levites. And uh, there was no one. And he struck down the Egyptian and killed him. And buried him in the sand. Mm-hmm. Moses kills this Egyptian because he was beating on a Hebrew. And he went out on the next day. And behold, uh, two Hebrews were fighting with each other. Beating each other up. Two Hebrews. And he said uh, to the offender, Why are you striking your own brother and companion? And he said, Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Who made Moses a prince and a judge over the Hebrew? God did. That's who made him. They wouldn't accept him. He's rejected now. Moses is rejected by his own people now. He's rejected. They, they don't want him to be their judge. They don't want him to be their prince. He said, are you uh, inclined to killing us? Are you intended on killing us like you killed that Egyptian? Then Moses became afraid. And he said, surely this matter has become known. It won't be long before it comes before Pharaoh. Now, in the book of Jasher, it says that Pharaoh put out a contract on, on Moses. And Moses split. He got out of there. Moses escaped to Midian. And he goes over there in Midian and he meets a guy by the name of Jeter. Jeter. Have you ever known anybody named Jeter? Jeter. J-I-T-T-E-R. He is also known as Jethro and he's also known as Ruel. He had three different names. And he's got some girls. He's got daughters. And he is Moses' cousin. These are all related because Abraham's wife, Keturah, these are descendants of Abraham's wife, Keturah. So these are all relatives now. And they're out there and they're shepherds. That's what they are. And uh, he goes out and he escapes up here into the mountains and then we have some uh, uh, Bedouins out there that are going to kill, beat up these girls and maybe rape them or pillage them and steal their flocks and Moses uh, beats him up because he's a strong man. He's been trained in warfare. He's been trained in military. Moses was trained by Pharaoh. But he knew who his people were all the time. Now, Cecil B. Mill tells you that he didn't know who his mother and father were, but he did. <clears throat> he said, we were out at the well and going to water our flock and... and uh, Moses stood up and helped us and chased these bad guys away. And when they came to Ruel, their father, he said, why have you come back so soon? And they said, an Egyptian delivered us from the hand of the shepherds. And what is more, he even drew water for us and he watered our flock. And so... Moses marries one of these girls. Moses marries 
one of his cousins, one of his family, from Keturah and from Jethro. And Jethro, by the way, was a priest of the Most High there. He was a priest. He was a religious leader. Now, the Bible says that God heard the moanings and groanings of the Egyptians or the, the Hebrews uh, about their plight with the Egyptians. Then it says in the third chapter, we have a hypnose, we have a vision, we have a visitation of God to Moses. This is the first time. Now Moses was pasturing the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, and the priest of Midian. He's the priest of Midian. And the little flock west of the side of the wilderness came up to Horeb, the mountain of God. Now, by the way, Jethro was a priest. Now, he was called Ruel further. Now, it's Jethro or Jeter. Jeter is one that it means one who is strong. Ruel means friend of God. And that's friend of Elohim or friend of El. In other words, Jethro must have known about the true Hebrew God, Elohim. And the angel of the Lord appeared. Now the angel of the Lord here is Jehovah himself. Jehovah means he who shall become. So God in the person of Jesus appeared. Now this is what we call a pre-incarnate Christ. Jesus was always, Jesus was back in eternity. But now in space and time, he's going to show up and he, he's going to walk with with Adam, and he's going to walk with Cain and try to per persuade him not to kill his brother. And then he's going to talk to Moses, and he talked to Joseph, and now he's going to talk to Moses, Moshe, the Savior, the one who rescues. And he appears to him in a uh, blackberry bush. Is that right, Marilyn? The word in the Hebrew is a blackberry bush. It's a wild blackberry bush. And it says a thorn bush, but this black, do you ever hear blackberry bushes have thorns on them? Wild blackberry bushes have thorns. I've got some blackberry vines out here that are thornless, but wild ones have plenty of thorns on them. And this is a wild blackberry bush. They looked and the bush was burning, but it didn't burn up. It just kept on burning. What was there was the presence of God. Remember, down here in the tabernacle, now which Moses is going to build, there over the Ark of the Covenant stood a flame of fire, the presence of God, the Shekinah glory of fire. At nighttime, it was a flame of fire. In the daytime, it was like a cloud, smoke from it. And he said, now this is marvelous sight. The bush is not burned up. And the Lord said to Moses, turn aside. And God called him from the midst of this burning bush. And he said, Moshe, Moshe, Savior, Savior, one who rescues, one who rescues. He, he, he used Pharaoh's daughter to name him because that's what he was going to be. He was going to be Moshe, the Savior. And he said to him, Here I am. And he said, Do not come here. Remove the sandals off your feet. A lot of times I preach up here barefooted, don't I? <laughs> I'm on sacred ground, holy ground when you're preaching, I'll tell you. The place where you're standing is holy ground. And it's holy ground because God was there. 
Objects don't are not holy. Objects, crosses, crucifixions, saints, and all that kind of stuff that 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 isn't holy. It's God that God only is holy, and what God touches is holy. He said, "I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob." Then Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look toward the presence of God. He said, I have seen the affliction of your people down in Egypt, and it's time for you to go down there and get them. He said, I'm aware of their suffering. And I know that they rejected you already, Moses. They said, who made you a prince and a ruler over us? Well, I'm going to do it. That's who's going to do it. And I want, I have come down to you to tell you that you are going to go down there and you are going to deliver Moses out, or to Israel out of Egypt. And I'm going to bring him into a beautiful, spacious land flowing with milk and honey. Canaan. Canaan means possession. And he said, now I, I've hear, heard the cries of your brothers there he said therefore come now and I will send you to Pharaoh and what did Moses say Mary you know what Moses said when God said I'm going to send you to Pharaoh what did he say I got a warrant out for my arrest he said I'm on the I'm, my face is on the on the wall of every every post office in Egypt <laughs> there, there's I'm the number one enemy of Pharaoh I'm going to send you to Pharaoh so that you may bring my people out and the sons of Israel out. And what did Moses say to God? No. He said, I don't want to. <laughs> I, can't, I can't go down there. Now Moses had a speech impediment. Did you know that? He had a speech impediment. He stuttered really bad and he had a speech impediment. And the, the book of Jasher, that's this little book right here, tells about Moses. And it tells about how he got his speech impediment. Now, whether it's true or not, that's a historical book. But what it says is that Pharaoh wanted to kill this kid. And he said, now, if he's a, really a, a child, if he's, if he's honored by the Most High God, I'm going to put a fig down there, and I'm going to put a coal of fire down there. And a little kid, now, if he's really, if he is, called of God because uh, Pharaoh was afraid of him if he's called of God God will keep him from picking up that coal of fire and he'll get that fig or, or that uh, date instead they said Moses picked up the coal of fire and put it in his mouth like little kids do and burned his mouth really bad and from that time on that he had trouble speaking so Moses says, uh, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and I should bring the sons of Israel? And he said, certainly I will be with you and you shall be the sign to you that, that I have sent you. When you brought your people out of Egypt, you shall worship God at this place. And Moses said to God, behold, I'm going to the sons of Israel. Who shall I say uh, sent me? You tell them the God of your fathers that sent you to me. And he said, what's his name? <laughs> what's his name? 
And he said, Asher haya asher. Asher haya asher. That's in Hebrew. And in Greek it says, Ego ami. And it means I am. I am the ever existing one. The great I am. Exodus 3.14 Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am that I am has sent you. God furthermore said to Moses, And you shall say to the sons of Israel, The Lord your God, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you, and this is his name forever, and this is my memorial name to all generations I am. And go gather, go gather the elders of Israel and talk to them. And Moses told God, I can't talk very well. I can't talk very well. And Moses told God, told, and God told Moses, who made man's mouth? I can make you talk very well if I so speak to. And then he said, I can't do it. He said, send my brother. <laughs> send my older brother. Well, in the Bible we have the rejection of the firstborn. We have a first birth in this world and God rejects that birth. We must be born again. We're born of our fathers the first time and then we're born of God the next time. And he said, I'll, uh, I'm going to stretch out my hand and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strike Egypt with all the miracles which I shall do in the midst of it. And after, you, after all that happens, he's going to let you go. And I will grant this people favor and grace in the sight of the Egyptians uh, that they will pay them to leave. Do you know that the Egyptians paid the Jews to leave that land? Oh, really? They did. But they were the, the Jews when they, they, they were under the Egyptians for 400, 400 years. 400 years. They've been up there for 400 years yeah. and they've been slaves for 400 years. And, and God told Abraham... God told Abraham way back over here that when Israel left Egypt, when the Jews left Egypt, that they're going to come out of there wealthy. And after the ten plagues, the, Jew, the Hebrew people or the, the Egyptian people were so wanted the Jews to leave that they gave them all their gold and silver and brass and everything else. They just they just poured lavished gifts upon them. Here you go. Get out of here. Leave. Leave us alone. Go and leave and don't come back. Why, why the Egyptians want to get rid of the Israelis? They were they slaves. They did the building things. And the yeah, these slaves, because Moses and Aaron brought all of these ten plagues on Egypt, the people had lost everything they had and gold and silver was no good because they, they were going to lose all their crops, all their animals were dying, everything else. And they said, please leave. Here, take this with you as you go. Mm -hmm. And that's what built the tabernacle later on. But God told Noah and he told Abraham hundreds of years before that this was going to happen. And, uh, <clears throat> but every woman shall ask of her neighbor and the woman who lives in her house and articles of silver and articles of gold and clothing and you will put them on your sons and your daughters, and you, those therefore you will plunder the Egyptians. The Egyptians wanted them out of there. 
the common man of Egypt wanted the Jews to leave. And then Moses had given power. He said, uh, he said, what's in your hand, Moses? He said, a staff, a walking stick. Now this staff, this walking stick, let me tell you a little bit about this too. If possible, maybe, this is legend, but maybe this really happened. This stick is an almond branch. An almond branch. It's made out of an almond tree. Now, Have you ever heard of the sword and the stone? Where the stone, where the sword was in the stone, and it took a special man to pull the, the stone out. And in the, in the uh, uh, medieval times, they said that the man came there, and he, and the man that would would hold his sword and conquer with it would be able to pull this stone out of out of this, this rock out of the stone. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, the sword and the stone. Okay, that's a, a history. That's. What the sword and the stone, that's a legend. But here's where it came from right here, if this legend is true. Jasher tells us that when <clears throat> some of the people came out of Egypt, some of the judges came out of Egypt from the tribe of Levi, and from Jacob was given this, this, this staff, Aaron had this staff, but before that, Adam had this staff. And this staff had the whole lineage of the Hebrew people all the way back to Adam on it. And they say that on top of this staff was a, 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 a blue stone. What color is, what stone is blue, Marilyn? Remember I bought you that? Sapphire. Sapphire. It had a sapphire stone on top of it. And God gave this staff to Adam. And they say that this is the staff that God stood when he created the heavens and the earth that he held in his hand. Now, out in the garden, in Jethro's yard, was a staff stuck in the ground and nobody could pull it out. When Moses came along, he said he went out there and just pulled it out of the ground. And Jethro, Jeter, or Ruel said, that's the man. <laughs> that's the man that pulled the staff out of the ground. No one else could pull it out of the ground. So Moses pulled it out of the ground, if that legend is true. And this is the staff that Moses has in his hand could, go, could have gone all the way back to Adam, back to God. And you might say, well, how did that how did a almond branch get all the way back there when God created the heavens and the earth? Well, God created the almond trees, didn't he? He just created this almond branch. So that that staff may have gone back in eternity past. We don't know if that was true. So anyway, Moses has this staff in his hand. And he said, now throw that staff down. And he threw that staff down on the ground and it became a Nahash, a serpent. This time. Next time Moses throws that staff down, it's going to not going to become a serpent. It's going to be a much bigger reptile than a serpent. So he throws it down, and God says to Moses, and it's slithering down there, see? This serpent is, this Nahash. 
And then God tells Moses, reach down and grab that serpent. And he reaches, grabs that serpent, and it turns back into a staff. He said, now go down there and give that staff to Abraham, to Aaron, your brother. Because Moses said, I'm not going to talk. He said, well, I'll tell you what to do, Moses. You be a god to, to, Ab- to Aaron, and you tell him what to do, and he will speak for you. So all the, all the miracles that were done in Egypt were not done by Moses. They were done by Aaron, by the instruction of Moses. So he sends him down there. Now he goes on down to Egypt and he talks to the heads of the family of Egypt. And he talks to them and he tells them, I'm going to take you out of Egypt. And here, say Pharaoh sees this guy back down here. Here's Moses back down here. He's come back to his family and he's going to tell them we're going to leave. And they said, and Moses tells Pharaoh, let my people go. And Pharaoh then makes them work harder. He goes out there and makes them, they're, they're making bricks to build buildings. And he goes out there, now from now on, you've got to cut your own straw to make your bricks with. This one's adobe. The name Mitzrayim means the land of red mud and canal banks, and that red mud was clay. And clay makes real good adobe bomb, yeah. How old was uh, uh, Moses when they left uh, Egypt? Okay, Moses was spent uh, the first 40 years of his life with Pharaoh. Yeah, okay. The next 40 years of his life, he spent out there in the wilderness, and then God calls him, and the last 40 years of his life, he's going to spend leading Israel. Moses is going to live 120 years. The first 40 years in Pharaoh's court and with his family, and the next 40 years out there in the desert, and then the last 40 years is uh, leading those rebellious Jews. So he goes here. He was alone for 40 years, right? Yes. Out there in the wilderness for 40 years. Now in the seventh chapter, and this is where we're going to finish right here on this message. In the seventh chapter, Moses goes into Pharaoh's palace. Now, the word Nahash means serpent. Now Moses, he goes into Pharaoh's palace with Aaron, his brother, now it's Aaron's rod. Mo, Aaron is holding Moses' rod. And <clears throat> they came up to Pharaoh in his palace. Now there's two other guys there, two other leaders, two other what we call magicians or spiritual leaders, and that is Janus and Jambres. Janus and Jambres are false prophets, and Janus and Jambres are magicians. They're soothsayers and everything. They have power from the dark side. Does Satan have power? Yes. Does Satan have creative power? Yes. Pay attention. What's going on then? Now it said, and he came to Pharaoh, and uh, and Aaron threw his rod down in Pharaoh's palace, and what did it become, Marilyn? A dragon. A tamim. A dragon. That means a fire-breathing dragon. That rod became a fire-breathing dragon. Yeah. It wasn't hissing around there. It was it was roaring and breathing fire. This is a big animal now. Here we got like a dinosaur creature in the floor of Pharaoh's palace. And by the way, the name Pharaoh means the man in the big house. Now the man the big house is going to get filled up 
real quick. We got a dragon in here, a Leviathan. A fire-breathing dragon, like a big crocodile, like a hippopotamus or something, something very large. This isn't a snake anymore. It's not a serpent. It's a dragon. And then we have Janus and Jamboree's. And Pharaoh looks at Janus and Jamboree's and he says, what you boys going to do? What you going to do now? So they threw their rods down and they became dragons. Dragons. Leviathans. Does Satan have the power to create? Well, he did right there. Those rods became dragons. And here we have a house full of dragons. Three of them, so to speak. And then, what happens? The Leviathan, the great Leviathan of God, eats and swallows the other two staffs, which have become dragons, Tanim. And then Aaron reaches down and he touches that Leviathan and it becomes his rod again. But meanwhile, before that, he had eaten the other two dragons. This isn't a a serpent on Pharaoh's floor. It's dragons. And that's just the beginning of the miracles now. God spoke to Moses and said, get down there. Go down there. And he said, I can't talk. I'm going to send your brother. He'll be a prophet to them. You'll be a god to Moses, to Aaron. And now this got Pharaoh's attention, but Pharaoh just got mad, that's all. You know when God sends his spirit into people's hearts, either they, they get humble and they say, God, forgive me, or they say what? God, leave me alone. I don't want to have anything to do with you. A lot of people in the world reject God for a long, long time in their lives. But God saves souls. The Spirit of God absolutely touches the hearts of every person in the world. Even the atheists. We have atheists all around us, don't we? Atheists here, atheists there. But even God deals with their hearts. But atheists and God-rejectors will become mad at God and angry at God and hate God. But those that God's heart touches their heart, they will love Him because He loved them first. Let's have a prayer. Our Father, we thank you for this word, this message from your word to touch our hearts and to to educate and to instill your love, your justice, and your power in the hearts of everybody out there throughout the world as they hear this message today or tomorrow or next year. Father, I pray that you Convict them of sin, righteousness, and judgments to come, that you save souls and those that are saved, that you'll inspire them to want to serve you 